0: Well, we're into our uh, third of a a small mini-series on the tools for breakthrough. So we can just throw that slide up. Jack uh, stole my thunder this morning because if we go to the next slide... I was going to introduce the verse for March, but uh, there you go. That's um, one less slide that I need to talk to. (laughs) But isn't that great? I I love this verse. It's one of my favourite verses in the Old Testament. Remember not the former things and consider not the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? That's the challenge of this verse. God's doing something, but can you see it? and uh and, and as we go through this year you're constantly going to be challenged on new things and we're constantly going to be asking the spirit of god to open our eyes to see the new thing that's take, taking place because sometimes it's only perceived that way at the beginning yeah so this is what he's going to do he's going to make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert i don't know about you but That speaks to me about supernatural outcomes, because there is no way in the wilderness, and trust me, there's no rivers in deserts. But God says, "This is what I'm going to do in your life as it breaks out." So, we've been we've been going through these tools. So we just go go to the next slide, and uh, so faith, prayer, obedience, and. Um, unlike Graham last week, who wouldn't tell you what the next one was, uh, I'm going to tell you its authority because I want to just look very briefly at how these fit together. In, in, in breakthrough uh, you know I really believe that all of these are at work every time we break through in our life there's something that we need to challenge there's a there's a, a limitation that we find on ourselves and the Spirit of God urges us to to step up to the plate and to go forward into something that we're really afraid of we we occupy all those things so so Ree came and spoke to us about uh, Thai food uh, in the first session and uh, what did we learn? We learned to look, see, do, or pad, see, you, whatever, think, see, think see do. I <laughs> oh, see, I focused on pad, see, you. I, I didn't really know what the word stood for. And then Graham came last week and spoke about prayer, and he, he challenged us to look up. look up. Very good. So today I want to talk about obedience. Everybody quivers and shakes, but but really, by the time I'm finished, my my aim today is to radically change the way you think about obedience. You know, it's not it's not a fearful thing. It's not um, a restrictive thing. It's it's a thing that's just so full of life. So, um, if we go to the next next slide, I think no no we'll stay no, no, stay stay where you are. I didn't do a slide for this. I want to talk to you about how this all fits together. Um, In in breaking through to the new thing. Now, one of the things I want to say is that breakthrough is not the new. Breakthrough is not the new. Breakthrough is what we go through to get to the new. Now, if you doubt that, just talk to someone who's had a baby. Because labour is not the new thing. And all the women said, Amen. Amen but it 's what it 's the challenge that that women go through and and sometimes men go through because at the time they're they're rubbing backs and they 're saying sorry and all kinds of different things for the excruciating pain that 's taking place, but that breakthrough thing is what ushers in the new and so let's let 's look at how this all fits together Second uh, corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 I believe says the weapons that we use to fight with are not human weapons, they're not carnal weapons, they're not weapons of this world but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So they're mighty for breaking through and so we're looking at four, these four weapons, faith, prayer, obedience and authority and looking at how they operate together to bring a breakthrough and this is what happens. Every breakthrough, every new thing always starts with a revelation, doesn't it? You know, none of us have ever had the idea that we're going to move into a new thing. God always puts a challenge on our heart with a new thing, a new desire. We see a revelation. It starts with a a picture of Jesus in some way. It starts with us seeing something of Christ and longing to move into it. That's, That's where it starts. And so in that, in that promise and, and we looked at that a few the last time I spoke, I talked about the church as being a people of promise. That's where it all starts. We start with a promise, and we begin to engage that promise with faith. When that happens, that's when we start to pray, right? Because we're engaging the promise, we're looking to lay hold of it, we recognise that we don't have the resources within us, the courage within us, the understanding within us, nor the power within us to do it, but we begin to pray. And we say, God, will you help me break through? So faith um, proceeds and prompts prayer prayer usually results in a a further revelation or an instruction to do something, to make a step, to lay hands on someone, to pray, to speak out a word of encouragement, to prophesy over someone's life. Some action that causes us to break through into the new realm. And when obedience comes and is, is enacted, we start to move forward in an authority. I want you to think of one person in the New Testament, and that's, that's Peter. You remember Peter saw Jesus at, at Caesarea Philippi and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus got all excited, and said, flesh and blood's not... Revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father is in heaven. And I'm going to tell you this, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Peter thought, fantastic, I haven't got a clue what that means. And over the next next few months and years, he began to get more and more understanding. And then eventually he comes to a place where Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, go therefore. And, and Jesus leaves. And the disciples spend the next 40, 50 days praying together. No doubt praying into that challenge, all authority belongs to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore, they begin to pray into that. What does that mean? What, have, have you ever received something, something from Jesus? You know it's real. You know it's from you. You don't know what it means. You don't know what it encompasses. You don't know what it's going to cost. And so he's praying into that. Then the Holy Spirit comes. There's an obedience. They begin to open their mouth and they begin to speak in other tongues. They begin to prophesy. There's this incredible thing that happens. They get together, they pray more and eventually he finds himself at the gate beautiful and he's, he, he meets this guy that's been crippled uh, all his life and he's, he just sits there and begs. And the guy reaches out to him and says I, uh, give me something and and Peter walks in authority and says I, I can't give you money because I don't have any but there is something that I have the authority to give you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk And he began to walk in that. And the reality is that same process is fleshed out every time we break through into something new in God. So this morning we're going to look at obedience a little bit closer. And to do that we're going to go to a passage in Luke. Very familiar passage. One that all the fishermen will love. And so we're going to read Luke 5, 1 through 11. And we're going to read through but we're going to stop on the way a little bit. So one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and they were, what were they doing? Washing their nets. Now, what does that mean when they're washing their nets? They're finished. They're finished for the day. They've done all their work. Whatever was going to be done, they've done they've done the thing, and they're washing their nets to get them prepared for the next evening when they go out and fish. So Jesus comes up to them. We go to the next next verse. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, No, go now go out where the water is deeper. And let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, this was a pivotal moment for Peter. Peter was about to encounter a breakthrough moment. He didn't know it, Jesus knew it, but he had no idea what was going to happen to him in the next few moments. It was so radical that it was going to change his life forever, it was going to change his life forever. Peter would never be the same after the next thing that happened in his life. And he's come up to this place of breakthrough and Jesus said, I I want you to throw your nets in. And there's three things that Peter had to uh, break through, if you like. He He had to master three things before he could be obedient to what Jesus asked him to do. The first one was he had to master what was, um, and I've got to go back to my notes because I can't remember what the word is. He had to master what was inconvenient. These guys had just washed their nets. You know, they'd fished all night, caught nothing. They washed their nets. They didn't want to put the nets back in where all the seaweed and muck was, dragged along the bottom, because they were just clean. The second thing that Peter had to break through was his experience. Master, we fished all night. We caught nothing. Now, it would be easy to say Peter was wrong. You know, he he just didn't know what was there. Trust me, Peter knew what was there. He'd fished those waters his whole life and he'd fished all night. He knew where the fish should be. They caught nothing. <laughs> there was no fish there. Dealing in in the natural understanding of his trade, he knew he'd done all he could and there was nothing to be gained by putting the nets in again. And thirdly, the thing that he had to break through was his expertise. He knew fishing. He wasn't, you know, this guy, (laughs) Jesus, I understand, but you're a carpenter. You know, I don't tell you how to hammer nails. You don't tell me how to catch fish. Now, the reality is that when, when we're looking to break through into that which we've never seen before, we have to break through all of these things because God rarely comes when it's convenient. Has anybody found that to be true? You know, I, I want you to go and pray for that person. Yeah. God, my favourite television show's on tonight or some other, some other excuse, you know. It's not convenient to press in at the moment. We have to break through our experience. God, I've never really been successful in praying for people. I'm not sure I I want to kind of stretch up my hand because I'm not sure if anything will happen, let alone what will happen. Or we have to break through our expertise because sometimes the areas that God is speaking to us about and challenging us about are areas that we have some human understanding in. It's like when you're, you're, you've got an accountant who is being asked to break through into miraculous provision of funds. That's really difficult for an accountant because they understand profit and loss. They understand balance sheet. And so for them to, to move into an abundant supply that is miraculous, they have to let go of the thinking of the profit and loss, of the balance sheet, of, you know, if you uh, spend more than you earn, you will have nothing left. But Jesus said, so in other words, the accountant says, what you earn, you can spend. You can't give away more than you earn. So what you receive... That's all you can give. And Jesus said, no, here's my plan, give and you'll receive. It's upside down. And so sometimes we've got to overcome our expertise if we want to move in the realm of the supernatural. And that's what we're talking about in this year's series, moving into a supernatural realm, a new day of the Spirit of God. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's steeper and let down your nets for a catch. Master Simon replied, We've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let my nets down. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. This wasn't just a, they just lucked on a school of fish. This is where... Their nets were so full, they were about to break. They had to call their friends, they had to call uh, John and Andrew to come, the guys they partnered with, to come and bring their boat to get this. And, and, and even with two boats, they struggled to get this catch into the shore. This was a breakthrough moment for Peter into the miraculous A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. The New Day. The New Day. Now, the New Day was interesting for Peter because it it did three things. First, it brought a fresh revelation of who Jesus was. Up until that day, Jesus was just this itinerant preacher from Galilee. Yeah, he had said some nice things. He spoke well, spoke with authority. I, I, I kind of see that. But all of a sudden, Peter sees something that he didn't have a grid for. He had no reference for. He wasn't prepared for this miracle that took place in front of his eyes. And, and it just shook him to his core. It shook him to his core so much that his response was, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Now that's really interesting because I don't know that he had that thought prior to that. He'd come up against something that was so amazing it reflected back on who he was. You know, maybe it reflected back on his theology up to that point. You know, Peter, you're not seeing the miraculous because you're a sinful man. And, and folks, some of us might need to deal with that very thing as we endeavour to press into the new. I'm not seeing this because I'm somehow sinful. Somehow the, the, the grace of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he's given me is really not capable of Of dealing with my flesh with my sinfulness not totally you know it kind of does a little bit of a job spruces me up a bit spruces me up enough to sort of trick those guys in church but they don't really know who I am and one of the things that that the new day will do it will give us a fresh revelation of Jesus how powerful he is but it will also challenge who we are and our ability to break through into the new day and and I'm convinced I'm convinced that at this point, many of us shrink back and don't break through in the way that God wants us to because when we're confronted with who we really are, the process of changing is very difficult. You know, it's like, shrink back. You know, here we are on the verge of something amazing. Here we are on the verge of something that could transform our lives. But to do that, we realise that there's some area where we need to change and change is new and difficult and we step back into our experience, into what we're used to, into what is convenient. And God says, no, 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 I want you not to step back. I want you to look up in prayer and I want you to step forward in obedience. Every new thing begins with a new revelation of God. As you go through it in the Old Testament, God met Abraham and said, I am El Shaddai. They'd never heard of El Shaddai before. That was a new word. They didn't know that one. They knew Elohim. That was the the way that God had introduced himself to Abraham. Sorry, to uh, Adam and, and the successive ones. But when God met with Abraham, he said, I am El Shaddai, the God of plenty. Leave where you are and step out into a place that you don't know but I'm going to show you. Now that's a, that's a different new day, eh? That starts with a, a revelation of God but it's not a revelation of the, of the destination. And Abraham just went out from Ur of the Chaldees and just walked not knowing where he was going. Trusting God to lead him. Moses appeared at a bush, or God appeared at a bush with Moses and said, I'm the the God, the Lord, the God of uh, your fathers. Jesus appeared on a Damascus road and said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Each one of these guys, if we look at some of the Old Testament characters, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Jesus... They all had a revelation, sorry Paul, they all had a revelation of who God was in a different way. Jesus replied to Simon, you know he said, "Uh, I'm a sinful man. And it's almost like, it's really interesting, it's almost like Jesus just brushed past that and didn't even give it any credence. You know what I mean? For, for, for Peter, the sinful thing was a really big deal. He's going, oh God, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus just brushes straight past that and said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. From now on, you're going to learn to fish for men. What do you mean, Jesus, don't worry about that? This is a big deal in my life. I'm feeling like I'm a sinful man. I'm feeling like I haven't got the ability to break through. I feel like I'm not worthy a breakthrough into something new and Jesus just brushed past it and said don't worry about that Peter there's something coming that you don't know about I can't explain it to you now but in one day I'm going to take care of that issue in your life forever. One day I'm going to hang on a cross and you're going to watch me do it and when that day's finished I'm going to say these words it is finished. And that problem, Peter, that's such a big deal for you at the moment, that problem that's stopping you from stepping out into the new thing, I'm going to deal with forever. That's not going to be an issue for you anymore because I'm going to take sin and I'm going to nail it to the cross and I'm going to kill it for all time. What a day. Peter didn't know it. But Jesus knew it. Don't worry about this, Peter. One day you're going to fish for men. And the third thing that, the, the, that this, this experience, this New Day experience did for Peter, it brought him into a new destiny. You know, he was not going to be fishing for fish. One day he was going to be fishing for men. And, and I like to think on the day of Pentecost as he stood there and he, he looked out at the crowd after giving the sermon. And they said to him, brothers, what must we do? And Peter said, repent and believe the good news. Be baptised in the name of Jesus and you will receive forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they did it. And that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. I kind of think Peter was standing there and his mind went back to the fish. Don't you? All those fish, that day on the beach, all those fish was launching me into some incredible destiny. And, and, and I really believe that this process is what we go through every time we approach a new day. We receive a fresh vision of who God is, of who Jesus is. And that is, that is accompanied by a fresh reality of who and where we are. Because it's who and where we are that we have to break through in obedience to get to the new day, right? And then it's also a fresh stepping out and launching out into uh, a, a new experience. When I was younger, I, uh, I had the privilege of, of, of being in church when a, a couple from New Zealand came. I'm going to try and remember their names, but it probably won't come to me. But it doesn't matter. They were amazing. They were amazing in, in praise and worship. Just incredible. And the husband that came, and if I keep talking about them long enough, don't worry, it's you know, one of those 63-year-old things, in 15 minutes, it will come to me. It, it shall not, it shall not um, tarry, it will come to me. But, um, but as, he, as he stood there with his guitar and he began to sing, it's a sing, not sing, he, did, he sang but he began to sing, he began to sing prophetically over people. And he just began to sing these prophetic songs, just him and the guitar. And and I stood there and I watched that and I thought, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that. And so I just began to step out in that. You know. Now, understand that that thought, that's what I'm going to do, that wasn't my thought. That was a, That was a God thought. That was one of those fresh revelation things that I had to step into. And it was a challenge and it's really difficult. There's a you know, you have to you have to go past yourself and your ability and all that sort of stuff to step out into that. But in stepping into that, the prophetic thing became an ongoing thing that I move in. And uh, and, and more and more have I stepped into it, more and more I embrace that new day and, and now it's my great delight just to 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 just bring someone a word. Just a, a prophetic word or speak into their life in some situation and uh, and I, I really get chuffed to you know a couple of years ago we had a, a small group that came together and, and we did a lot of that in that small group and I was really chuffed to uh, to see Andy Beach stepping out in that in, in the last year or two i don 't know if you 've noticed in church, but quite a few times he 's got up and he's began to speak prophetically over the church and I thought what a great breakthrough that is and you know I want to really encourage you church this year as we we look to go into this new day these new day experiences that you really open your heart up to uh to whatever it is that God has for you and that's that first verse that we had um years and years ago we we sort of were focusing that in church and and uh we wrote a song called rivers in the desert and had said look no longer to the things that have happened the Holy Spirit's doing something new look around, it's beginning to happen open up, let it happen in you and I, I want to encourage you this year that that you say yes in advance yes in advance to God, yes God I'm going to say yes before I know what the call to obedience is, that's risky isn't it I'm going to say yes you know uh, we've had think Patsy, you think he do? We've had look up. Today I want to give you a word, just yes. Yes, God. Now, before we finish, and I'm just about done, I want to quickly look at obedience. So we're going to go to John chapter 14 and verse 23. Jesus answered him and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. What an incredible verse. Now, if I'm going to be really honest with you, when, if I was challenged to create a thought picture of obedience, this is what I would have said. I would have said, the deputy principal with a cane. That was my, you know, what, what would you, what's your thought bubble when you think of obedience? The deputy principal with a cane. And I began to you know some of you guys might relate to that, you know that that obedience is being about conformed to something. you know you you will do this. But when we read this verse, we don't find Jesus with a stick saying, "You will do this, because conformity is not obedience. See, when you're conforming to a requirement, you can go through the outside action but remain disobedient in your heart. Who, who's ever been there? I'm washing up, Mum, but I'm not happy about it. I'm, I'm going to stop kicking my brother, but I don't want to. I'm going to stop swearing, Dad but I'll probably still say those words in my head. You know, that that conformity, that stick approach. We see here Jesus says, obedience is not about conformity to a discipline. It's about a response to a lover. It's about a response to my love. And so what God is calling us into over this next year, and, and when I say this, look, There's nothing new under the sun. Honestly, we've been walking through this new day experience since the day we were born again. Really, we have. Because our Christian life is just a simple series of new. It's moving constantly from the old to the new. Any man who is in Christ is a new creature. Behold, all things are what? Passed away. All things have become new. Now, our Christian experience is about learning that every day. I mean, how many of, how many of you would, would be able to number the amount of days where you've had and all things become new experience? Nobody's going to look at me today and say, this, this whole thing you're talking about, this new day, this is new to me. I've never experienced anything. That's not true. You've experienced it constantly from the day you've been born again. Isn't that right, Ray? Since you were born again, could you number the, the number of things that Jesus has challenged you to move into in a new way? No. Okay, she just went no. She wasn't getting my microphone. So, but look what it says. It says, the one who loves me keeps my word. I want to challenge you this morning to look at obedience from a new, a new light. Not, not that response to a stick approach. I want you to look at it from a response to the love of God because he has loved us, the Bible says, and given his life for us. And the Bible also says that he knows what we need. He, uh, his will towards us to do us good, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. His, his life, Jesus said, I have come for one thing and one thing only. That you might have what life and what how, how much abundantly. So we can trust Him when He asks us to do something. He's not asking it. It's not a pulling leg off flies experience for Jesus. He's only ever challenging us to do something because He's trying to get us to step forward and break through into amazing new day. But look what happens. Obedience is, a, don't, don't go there just yet. Well, can, can, we, can we move past that scripture? We all got that in our heads. Uh, he who loves me obeys my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. Can we move past that now? Okay, three things. Obedience is a response to love. We've already talked about that. Number two, obedience leads to visitation. I want you to think about that for a minute. I want you to think about where as we've been obedient to pray for people with cancer over the last few months and we've seen some people healed. Other times we've just kept praying and praying and praying. We've been obedient. We've stepped out. Sometimes it's been inconvenient. Sometimes it's been contrary to our experience. Sometimes it may even be contrary to our expertise. But God says, if you do it, I'm going to come and visit you. I see a day where cancer becomes a very small sea in this place. Cancer, we won that victory in 2020. We've never looked back. But it goes further. Jesus just doesn't say, I'm going to come and visit you. He says, if you love me and obey my words... I'm going to come and make my home with you. Habitation. He's going to come and live with us. Let me prophesy over us as a church. We're going to see a day where where people are going to walk into this place for the first time and they're going to say something that they don't even understand. They're going to say, God was here. See, this is not just... This is not just a series to fill up a year so that we can tick off 2020 done and move on to 2021. This is literally walking into a new day that's going to be so revolutionary. It's going to change not only us, but those around us. See, all of us have got people in our lives right now that don't know Jesus Christ. Where this is going to lead to is is one by one. Those family members, those friends, coming in and seeing that God is in this place or God is in your place. God is with you and turning to him. And, and pretty soon, that word that Jesus said, faith is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, but when it's planted, it grows into a huge tree and all the birds of the air can come and find their home in that tree. This is where this is going. As we see this as we step into habitual obedience and stepping out just getting into that practice of yes lord of saying what yes will you yes we we have a thing in our family sometimes rebecca will send us a text and say dad i've got a meeting i just say yep Because it means I need something done with the kids. Yep, sorted. That's, that's, that's just because I'm just a, a, a grandfather glutton and I can't get enough of them. But see, I want us to become move of God gluttons where we can't get enough of it. Where God says, would you? Yes. Tonight, yep. Tomorrow, okay. On Sunday, I want sorted what happens? Habitual obedience leads to habitation, not only corporately, but personally. We begin to walk in a new sense of the presence of God. They used to say, I think it was about Finney, one of the great revivalists in North America. When he got on a bus or a train, People used to fall down and repent and say, your presence convicts me of my sin. He didn't speak. He didn't preach to them. He just was, got on a train and was walking to his seat. And as he walked past them on the train, people would fall out of their seat on their knees and say, your presence convicts me of my sin. How was your last journey to Sydney on the train? Did, did it go well? I don't think Vinny was any more important than us. I don't think the pressing need for people to get saved in his generation was any more important than ours. Will we embrace a new day with obedience and say, yes, let's stand.